Hello, 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 everybody, and happy Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday, right? Um, hope everybody's doing great today. Uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of Let's Talk About Shh. For anybody joining us for the very first time, Let's Talk About Shh is a live podcast where we talk about um, issues surrounding love, intimacy, and relationships. So this is a live call-in show. We'll get to that in just a minute. But who am I? I am Tila. I am a sex educator, relationship expert, and published author. And I wanted to do these lives because I love talking about sex. I love talking about relationships and intimacy and helping people connect with that part of themselves. We don't talk about it enough in our society. And so this podcast is all about reducing stigma and creating conversations. So I do have a question or do have a request for you is to share, 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 because sharing is caring and we want everybody to feel as good and wonderful in their relationships uh, as they can. So a couple guidelines. Uh, this is an interactive podcast as much as possible. So I do invite you to comment, call in, ask questions, offer thoughts. You know, um, but we are trying to create a positive community here. Lots of people are afraid to comment. Lots of people are, are really afraid to call in with their questions because they're afraid that people will think less of them or they're afraid to ask questions or they're embarrassed. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Uh, as a sex educator, I have heard so many different scenarios and so many different questions. And there's nothing wrong in asking and admitting you don't know something or asking for clarification or getting the information. It is the first step to having better sex and more fulfilling relationships. So with that in mind, if you're going to comment and engage, please keep your comments respectful and supportive. We don't want anybody being disparaged for asking a question or calling in to get uh, support with, with something they need help with. Okay, so let's try and be supportive and positive towards each other because there's enough negativity in the world without us adding to it. So open up the lines. Hello, Amanda. Thanks for checking in. I always love it that you say hi at the start. Um, so anybody who wants to call in at uh, any point with any thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, you can always call in at 1-877-777-5589. Uh, today we are going to be talking about coming out, which is a a uh, topic that we are covering in honor of pride. It is this pride month this month and all of our topics this week are themed pride. Now that being said, if you're joining us for the very first time and you're like, oh, what is this? And oh my God, I have a question, but it's not related to coming out or it's not related to what you guys are talking about. Can I still call in? Absolutely. Please call in at any point. We can always jump back to where we were before. Not a big deal. The, the point is, is to be here to support you to give you the information that you want and answer the questions that you have. So thanks so much everybody uh, for joining us today. I'm just making sure all the feeds are connected. It looks like they are, which is good. Great. Okay, so let's get started. So uh, as I mentioned today, I wanted to chat a little bit about coming out. Now, we sort of talked about this a little bit on Monday with our introduction to LGBTQ. And if you missed that, please go back and check out the episode. We cover some terms and definitions. But coming out usually refers to it's sort of sort of a slang term for um, disclosing your orientation or your, in some cases, gender identity, or even in some cases, um, fetishes or BDSM interests to someone else, or in some cases, the general, making it common knowledge. Now, 
this is a pretty loaded topic for a lot of people. And the reason for that being is unfortunately, we, we still have a lot of discrimination in our society against people who are LGBTQ, against people who are poly, against people who are interested in BDSM and kink, you know, against people who are trans or questioning or transitioning or non-binary. <laughs> So unfortunately, a lot of those communities still face uh, high amounts of discrimination in various forms for just being who they are. And that can be a really legitimate reason why someone may not feel comfortable disclosing what their status is or what their interests are and making that common knowledge. So we're going to start sort of a little bit asking some questions about if this is something you're struggling with, you know, is this right for you? should you be considering, you know, coming out or disclosing? And one of the things that, I mean, there is no right or wrong answer here. I, in a perfect world, we want everybody to be comfortable in who they are and be able to disclose, you know, their interests without fear of uh, discrimination or hatred or any kind of negative consequences. Unfortunately, until we live in a world where you know, equality is, is actually a thing, which unfortunately it is not, um, we're still going to face some of those challenges. So whether or not you decide to disclose that to the, to anyone or make it common knowledge is a very, very personal question. And it's a question that only you can answer. So some things that you might want to think about for whether or not, you know, you should disclose to a particular person or to everybody <laughs> um, is you might want to think about your comfort level with what type of reactions that you may face. So is the opinion of others something that is really important to you? Um, do you is your self-esteem tied to what other, thing, other people think of you? It's important to, to remember that even for people who are like, no, that's that's not important. That's not me. I don't care. I am me and I am me being how I am. That's amazing and amazing and awesome. But even for people who are like that, uh, nobody is immune to negative, negative influences from our environment. Um, some of you may be familiar with a study or might be not so much a study, but it's an experiment. Uh, that was done with children to actually demonstrate bullying. And they had two plants in a school. And both plants had the same setup. They had the same access to light. They were given the exact same care in terms of water and, and fertilizer and nutrients. But the main difference was is that the children were told that one plant they were to say only positive things to, and the other plant they would to say all the negative things to. And over a period of time, the plant that got all the positive uh, energy from people and positive comments flourished. And unfortunately, the plant that got all the negative feedback um, did not do so well, and I believe it died. So that's just sort of an example that even if we are comfortable in who we are, we're still influenced by those around us. So that is something to just consider. I'm not saying that you shouldn't come out. I think it's wonderful for people to be able to express who they are and be comfortable with that, but you need to be 
able to accept that not everyone is going to greet it openly potentially. So just being prepared for that will help um, in case it happens, which I hope it doesn't, but it might. So that's one thing to consider. The other thing to consider too is where you live. Now this podcast does, is available worldwide, so I'm not going to cover every single country. <laughs> um, but, you know, in certain places in the world, um, being gay or having kink fetishes or, you know, being outside the gender binary not only just results in hatred and discrimination, which could cost, you know, housing or jobs or even family connections, but in some, place, in some places um, it could result in death, unfortunately. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that on the importance of pride on Friday. But um, it is something important to think about in terms of where you live. So is it going to be safe for you? Is it going to be putting your physical or mental or emotional safety at risk? Um, the other thing, too, is how you think your family might. A big consideration for a lot of people is how their family may respond. So unfortunately, some families will stop speaking to a family member who comes out as LGBTQ um, or into certain fetishes or, you know, uh, outside the gender binary. So that is something, unfortunately, that we have to consider as well. I would hope that everyone would have a supportive and loving family. Um, but unfortunately, not everyone is so lucky. So those are a few things you might want to think about in terms of if you're considering disclosing your status um, to someone or to someone else. If you're considering telling one person, the main thing you want to think about is how, how much can you trust that person in terms of if you don't want it to be common knowledge and you're just telling that person, are they someone who's likely to tell someone else? Are they someone who is likely to accidentally slip up? Sometimes that happens, unfortunately. People forget that things aren't common knowledge and they just kind of slip up on some certain things. So when thinking about telling an individual person, it's, an, it's important to sort of think of those variables. And I know we want to be able to trust everybody, but we also need to do what we have to do to keep ourselves safe. So the biggest things is prioritizing your safety, right? And uh, making sure that you're comfortable with what potentially might happen. So not everybody's going to be ready to come out at, and some people never do in their whole life. It's something that they keep to themselves and adjust um, for their entire lifespan, which is unfortunate, but it sometimes does happen. Um, it's okay not, it's okay if you're not ready. Nobody can force you to be ready. It may not be the right time for you. Um, so nobody, sh you shouldn't feel pressured into it. And if you have friends who perhaps you are part of a community, um, for example, an LGBTQ community and everybody there is very much out and, and open about their sexuality or their orientation or their identity, that does not necessarily mean that you have to be 
choose what's right for you. Set your boundaries and don't let people sort of push you into what's going to be right. Remember, only you can make that decision, okay? So choosing what's right, very important. Don't be pressured. <laughs> now, if you are on the receiving end of somebody coming out, how you react can be a big difference and how comfortable somebody feels. And it can also change your relationship with that person. Now, we all like to think that we are tolerant. We all like to think that we are embracing of minorities and that we're good people. Nobody really thinks of themselves as a bad person. But also a lot of the time we aren't really challenging our inner notions of our own prejudice, you know? Um, we don't, it's uncomfortable to look at ourselves in a way and determine where we are lacking or where we could use improvements. That's often something for many people that's quite uncomfortable. So I would encourage everybody to sort of do that inner work, you know? If someone you love was to come out to you, um, you know, whether they're coming out to you LGBTQ or maybe they're coming out that um, they're outside the gender binary or maybe they have a kink or a um, fetish, you know, how would that make you feel? Is there any, you know, think about is there any of those things that somebody could say to you that would make you distinctly uncomfortable? And if it makes you uncomfortable, what makes it uncomfortable? You know, is it a lack of familiarity? Is it a lack of knowledge? What is causing those feelings that make you nervous or maybe angry or confused or just generally uncomfortable? What, what is that? You know, and do a little bit of work trying to figure out what causes that reaction for you. For many people, what makes them uncomfortable is usually misconceptions that are caused by a lack of appropriate information. You know, we, um, if we haven't had a lot of experience interacting with something, then we might just rely on sort of what we think we know about it or, you know, what we may have heard or what we've seen in TV and movies. And as with so many things, what we may have seen isn't necessarily an accurate depiction of what the reality is. The other thing too is that sometimes people may have had like one experience with one person and maybe it was really negative. And not to discount that negative experience, whatever it may have been, but one experience with a single person isn't representative of an entire community. So it's important that we take the time to stop and address what causes those discomfort feelings. Because when we do that, we're going to be able to unravel them and actually expose any sort of emotional weak points for ourselves. And that's going to lead us to being better people. So any thoughts or questions or comments about anything I just said? Nope, doesn't look like it so far. So once we've sort of figured that out, um, what the cause of the discomfort is, I think a next positive step is sort of learning more about 
about that topic. If someone who is gay makes you uncomfortable, I challenge you to learn more about the gay community. You know, learn more about the culture, learn more about um, gay relationships. You know, how do they address, address any misconceptions you have, you know? Um, like I said, a lot of those, a lot of that discomfort is caused by misconceptions. So arming ourselves with the right information is a good way to address that discomfort. A lot of people who are uncomfortable with others who are gay are usually so because they, for whatever reason, seem to think, particularly if it's someone of the same sex as you are who comes out to you as gay, all of a sudden a lot of discomfort comes from somebody evaluating every moment that they've had with that person to determine, you know, oh, was that inappropriate? Were they acting, acting sexual towards me? Did I, re did I respond or react appropriately? Um, and for some people, it actually can get them to question their own sexuality and their own sexual orientation, which can be really scary for someone who has never done that before or has never thought about it. So these are just a couple things to be thinking about. Um, all of this is really important because as I said when I first started on this road to self-discovery is that if someone comes out to you, how you respond can make a big, big difference to their confidence as well as your relationship with that person. If you respond poorly or even if you respond um, in a delayed reaction that could be interpreted as negative, you have to appreciate that the other person who's coming out to you is, an ex is feeling extremely vulnerable and they're making themselves vulnerable to you in a way that, that they probably haven't done with too many other people in their life. And they're sharing something, they're sharing a part of themselves that they have kept hidden up until that point. So it is a place where people tend to react quite strongly to reactions that are had because a lot it's a very big trust moment and trust can be very easily shattered by perceptions or by a delayed a delayed positive response or by a negative response and it can influence whether or not they tell other people it can influence or not whether they continue having, you know, a, a good relationship with you, whatever that relationship is, whether it's a family member or a friend. So it can be a huge, huge thing, a huge moment. I don't know if anybody wants to uh, comment or call in any stories they've had, um, whether it's somebody coming out to them or maybe a story of them coming out to someone else or someone in their life. If anybody wants to share any tips or thoughts or a good story, um, there's lots of good stories out there, thankfully. Oh, nobody wants to share a story. That's okay. You don't have to. I respect your consent. So uh, I do have a story that I wanted to share um, from a while back of 
um, a friend of mine who we had been friends for quite some time. And this particular friend had chosen to come out to me as trans. And I remember we were driving, so I don't even remember where. We were driving somewhere. And we had just parked. And um, I was about to get out of the car. And they were like, hey, hang on a second. I have to talk to you about something. And I was like, oh, okay, like, what's going on? And they said to me, well, I just wanted to let you know, because we've become really good friends, that, you know, I, I wasn't always... I wasn't always a man. And I said, oh, okay. Was there anything else? And he just kind of looked at me and was like, no, is that okay? And I said, well, yeah, is that okay for you? <laughs> and we had a good laugh about it and it was all right. So, I mean, sometimes having a good response was, is, is just something as simple as making it matter of fact. You know, you don't have to have a big reaction, right? Somebody says to you, hey, I'm gay. That's great. That's awesome. How are you feeling about it? Are you, you know? Um, so it can be very matter of fact. And sometimes that's the best way to respond to somebody coming out. Now, I'm sorry. I, I, there was a comment that came in that I didn't want to address in the middle of my story. So I'm just going to go back to it now. Um... Amanda was saying that she accidentally gave a delayed reaction to someone that uh, they had known for a long time and just honestly never expected it. Yeah, that can be a big thing if it's sort of like a surprise for you. <laughs> um, I think delayed reactions are, can be, it, it depends on where somebody's at with a delayed reaction. If they're feeling very sensitive or if, if you're the first person that they've ever come out to, a delayed reaction can be a little bit more intense for the person coming out because there's that moment of, you know, and, um, if it, if you're not the first person they've come out to, then the delayed reaction isn't quite as critical, if that makes sense. Thank you for commenting that. Um, sometimes it's always scary to admit that, uh, you know, that moment where we hesitate, right? Does anybody else want to share any stories? Any thoughts about coming out or any tips for if you're the come outy to the come outer? I just have to remember that there's a, a delay between me talking and it actually getting broadcasted out. <laughs> I never give you guys enough time to actually comment or call in. Please call in with your comments. Be nice to hear somebody else talk aside from myself. Okay. Uh, I'd like to switch a little bit. We, um, I decided to honor I wanted to honor um, Blackout Tuesday yesterday, uh, even though I found out it, that was happening a little bit late. <laughs> so sorry about that. But uh, yesterday's topic was supposed to be sexual orientation. So I just kind of wanted to backtrack to that just a little bit uh, while people think about any questions or thoughts or comments they have about coming out. So 
sexual orientation, a couple of things. I now have a problem. <laughs> so Amanda just commented that uh, I now have no problem. I laugh with gay friends to actually hello, actually helloed one guy. Oh, hello, boyfriend. Too funny. That's great. Yeah, it gets more comfortable the more times you do it, too. Or the more times you interact with people. It becomes a little bit more commonplace and matter-of-fact. Yeah, so for sexual orientation, uh, one of the main things that I really wanted to cover and not get missed uh, was sort of talking a little bit about the nature versus, versus nurture argument of sexual orientation. This is something that is still debated a fair bit. And I wanted to mention that a lot of research and a lot of um, time has gone into answering this particular question. And while we can never truly definitively know at this point uh, with the way research is done, we do know from twin studies um, that's studies done with twins, uh, often twins separated for separated at birth, either adopted by different families or what have you, um, that there is a lot of really, really strong support uh, and evidence that sexual orientation is nature. So it is what we are born with, not something that we choose. Now, that being said, where the nurture part sort of comes in is how much we, everybody's sexual orientation has a range and, or a spectrum, if you will. And your own personal spectrum, it may be small, it may be large, it may be all over the place. It really, that's what varies from person to person. And that's where nurture kind of comes in because our cultural influences and our influences when we're growing up make a huge difference in how much we are open to exploring our own sexual orientation. Now, a lot of people, um, this comes into play quite a lot when we're talking about things like bisexuality or pansexuality, where people, bisexuality in particular, um, faces a lot of discrimination, not just from the heterosexual community, but often from the gay community as well. And the reason for that being is that a lot of people feel that bisexuals are just confused, that they just haven't decided yet. <laughs> uh, neither of those things are true because we don't decide our sexual orientation. Our sexual orientation is what it is. We're born with it. That doesn't mean that we can't uh, change or evolve it over time through exploring our own personal range of sexual orientation. But for people who are bi, for example, they like people of two genders, whatever those genders are. Uh, most people traditionally think of bisexuality as liking men or women. But, you know, they can be any two genders. And a lot of people feel that when someone who is bi is with a person of, of a particular gender, they're no longer bi because they're with a person of it. They've, they've chosen. And... <laughs> It's not that they have that it's not that they've stopped being attracted to that other gender that they were attracted to. It's just that the partner that they are currently with is is of a particular gender. <laughs> um, so 
that's sort of why people, I think a lot, why the debate around nature and nurture still exists is because it, people want things to be black or white and often it's not necessarily black or white because like I said is black and black and white in the sense of our sexual orientation is what we were born with but that gray area comes in where you know our sexual orientation is what we are born with but there's always there's always that range you know that's why you get th that's why you get people who sometimes describe themselves as hetero flexible you know, where maybe they, they mostly prefer um, heterosexual relationships, but, you know, in certain spe special circumstances, they may enjoy sexual activity with a different gender, right? Outside of the heterosexual paradigm. So, you know, there's, there's always circumstances that change for people and there's always um, different ways that we explore our, our sexuality. And how we determine what our sexuality is really it depends like i said it sort of depends a lot on our cultural influences and how supportive uh of an environment we're in or grow up in or participate in that encourages asking those kinds of questions if that makes sense um i recently had a, a video interview with the fabulous and amazing Tim Curry. And I asked him about what he thought about sexual orientation and uh, gender identity. You know, he's play, I mean, one of his most iconic roles is Frank Inferter on Rocky Horror Picture Show, which uh, many people, I mean, Rocky Horror Picture Show is, is a inspiration to a lot of different people and it has opened people up to a lot of conversation and thought about gender identity and sexual orientation and gender expression. And so I asked him what his thoughts were on exploring that part of themselves and if he had any thoughts for people. And, and he said to me, you know, I, uh, I've determined what my, what my identity is by figuring out what my identity is not. And I kind of, I liked that. I, I thought that that was, Sometimes it's hard to tell what we like, but a lot of us, it's easy for us to tell what we don't like. And so if, if you're sort of exploring the concept of your sexual orientation or your gender identity, sometimes the easiest places to start are figuring out things that you're definitely, that's of no interest to you. And I've talked before quite a lot, um, and I continue to talk quite a lot about yes, no, maybe lists, mostly because it's, it's a way for people to explore different concepts and different ideas. And traditionally they've been mostly held to kink, but you know, the concept of a yes, no, maybe list is, is fairly inclusive to all kinds of sexuality and gender identity and expression. You know, what appeals to you? What doesn't appeal to you? What do you need to learn more about to decide if it's for you? So sexual orientation is an important thing that we explore and it's an important thing that we take some time to sort of think about and figure out for ourselves because what the default may be for everyone else may not be for us, right? I don't know if anybody has any thoughts about that or anything I just said.
No, no thoughts. <laughs> Just the chorus from the Rocky Horror Picture Show songs. Yeah, I know. I love that movie so much. I watched it the night before my interview with Tim Curry, and I was like, oh, heart, man. All the hearts. Don't dream it, be it. That is right. I kind of wish Tim Curry had said that, but, you know, he didn't, and that's okay. <laughs> His answer was still pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I know that that movie has been... a huge inspiration for so many people and uh, for myself as well. Um, even though the movie doesn't always make sense in the simple sense. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so those are just sort of some brief thoughts about um, sexual orientation and coming out. Uh, the other thing I sort of wanted to cover and backtrack to you about sexual orientation um, is the difference between pansexuality and bisexuality. Uh, there's a lot of debate in what those terms mean, and I think that a lot of it is because of the evolution of our understanding of sexuality and our understanding of gender. If you look back at, say, I don't know, Let's roll the clock back like 20, 30 years. People were not really talking about uh, different gender identities. Um, it was mostly people, I mean, there were people who were transgendered and who were transitioning, but it was mostly, it was you were, you were male or you were female. It was very much still the binary. People were not talking about the gender spectrum. And so, I think a lot of the problems that people encounter when talking about pansexuality and bisexuality stem from those, the evolutions in language that some people may not have caught up with yet. Because there's a whole bunch of people who are like, bisexuality means they're attracted to men and women, and that's it. like, that's, that's what bisexuality means. And so there's some people who get upset about that because they identify as bisexual, but they may not be attracted to men and women. Maybe they're attracted to, you know, um, um, men in a non-binary or, you know, all sorts of, like, there's so many different labels and there's so many different options. So bisexuality is, is primarily the attraction to two genders, um, bi being the Latin for two, right? So... The difference is pansexuality is there's less of a focus on physical gender and more of a focus on the person's personality. The, the, um, some people talk about spirituality or energy uh, or, you know, it's more about the person and less about the physical body. So pansexuality is someone who is attracted to a person of any gender and gender does not play a humongous role in the attraction versus bisexuality, it is two genders. And now some people say that there isn't really much of a difference and that they don't distinguish. 
And the argument there also is that, well, people who are trans, uh, a trans woman is a woman, a trans man is a man. Yes, that is correct. That is 100% true. However, some people who identify as bi would not consider themselves attracted to a trans man or a trans woman, but they still consider themselves bi. So there's, that's why there's some distinguishing between the the terms, there's a little bit of nuance, um, because as one, as someone I know who is pansexual once said to me is, uh, they described it as, I don't care what genitals a person has in their pants. I just want to play with them. And I was like, okay. You know, they're like, if I like them, I just want to play with them. Who cares what, what genitals they have? That doesn't matter. The point is, I like this person. So, you know, that's sort of the distinguishing factor of pansexuals. And um, I think it's interesting that with some of the conversations that are happening around bisexuality and pansexuality, there is still a lot of discrimination that happens um, as I mentioned sort of the near the start of this episode pans, or bisexuals uh, experience a lot of discrimination from both the heterosexual community and the gay community as well um, often because people feel that you know bisexuals are confused or that they're that they're just not you know making a choice and that they're you know I don't know playing the field or whatever I'm not sure why people feel that way to be honest I think it's silly um, you know why wouldn't you trust someone just because they like other people doesn't really make a tremendous amount of sense to me personally um, I don't know if anybody feels very strongly about it and you want to call in and and tell me why it makes a difference to you I'd love to chat with you about it so feel free to do that but the um, what's interesting is with all the all the, the discrimination that bisexuals face um, often also gets pan passed on to pansexuals because pansexuals are told that their sexual orientation is invalid, uh, that they are, you know, um, it's funny, some people try to make the argument that pansexuality is actually um, discriminatory against people who are trans because the, it's an acknowledgement that they say, the argument is, is that they, that it's refusing to acknowledge that trans women are women or trans men are men, um, which it does not. <laughs> um, and also I think it's funny too, because there's lots of people who are, who specifically identify as non-binary as well. So, you know, where do they fit in that, all that pieces? So it's a, it's pretty complicated. So why sexual orientation can be such a hot button topic. Uh, which sort of ties into why people are terrified about coming out or why it's difficult to have that coming out conversation and why some people never do and why that's okay. Um, so we're starting to wind down on the uh, time for today and I just really want to leave things open if anybody has any thoughts or questions. Okay, so far it looks like everybody's pretty pretty quiet today.
No comments. Okay. Sorry, I'm just trying to make sure I give you guys time to comment. I know I, I talk, I tend to talk really fast and I forget about the delay between me talking and it broadcasting. So um, I just want to make sure I'm giving you guys time to chime in before I move on to something else. Um, so yeah, so this week we are of course talking all about pride subjects as a kickoff to pride month and so we will be back tomorrow uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about being a good ally and what that means and how we can do that I think it's a really important conversation um, particularly in the light of everything that's happening in the world today and um, I think it's if anything it's really important that everybody shares tomorrow's episode. I think lots of people can uh, benefit from learning more about being an ally and learning how to talk about your privilege and use your privilege for good. So I think that's a really important conversation. I hope you guys tune in for it. Um, and please share it and encourage other people to join in. Um, if you're looking for more information about sexual orientation or coming out or anything to do with sex or sexual, pardon me, sex or sexuality, please check out my website, explorsextalk.com. Uh, lots of free articles on there, lots of games and fun stuff. And if you're looking for that little bit extra, please check out Sexy Hero Society. It's my online membership portal. Uh, pretty much every week now I'm publishing new content from like sex positions to sex advice to coloring pages to adult cartoons and relationship challenges and the whole nine yards. It's a lot of awesome and amazing stuff. And thank you guys so much for joining me and taking time to talk about coming out and sexual orientation. And I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody.